0: This is Bach to Bach, the podcast opening up the world to classical music, one beer at a time.
1: And this week, we're talking about the Belgians.
0: So it is officially December 2016. That means the worst year on the books is almost over. It's it's, <laughs> and
1: if you are one of those few people that we admire that has actually waited to put up your Christmas decorations, it it, it it's okay it's now. Okay. You can just actually do it. If you we are started in, in September
0: then it's not listening. We are 19 days until um, you know, good old Christmas Day. And then 20 days until Boxing Day, which is what just as exciting, anyway. You know how much I love Boxing it's Day. It's a good day. Uh, but we're happy to have you back. We have another mini-episode for you guys, um, this time talking all things Belgian in a positive way. Um, yeah, which
1: is why I won't be talking most of the episode. Okay.
0: <laughs> so, um, we, we're featuring Belgian beers, and in, in lieu of, not in lieu, in side-by-side side with that, we are featuring uh, a Belgian composer, which is really new, and some fun facts about him
1: well uh, just a side note uh, there's, there's a, a very good friend of my name uh, Bram Van Luveren, who is Belgian uh, I need to just say right now I love Bram with all of my heart so Bram does not incur any of my, my Belgian uh, Bram name.
0: I do not know you but I know based on Matt's facial expression right now that he is sincere
1: yeah, yeah you, uh, you you love Bram he and his family are absolutely lovely uh, and he is a listener to the show so we got to make sure that well, we um, we got to support him Bram I miss you buddy um, anyways, let's talk about. Let's talk, let's talk, so let's talk, let's talk about, music.
0: So, let's talk about music first. So basically, um, there are there are several uh, uh, Belgian composers. Not not a ton in the classical realm. You know, uh, Cesar Franck is the most known. Uh, but then, uh, fun fact: I didn't even
1: know he was Belgian. But now I do. Now you do. Fun learning, fact. Learning. Um,
0: now, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his first name. I'm going to say it in the American style because I'm that person. Um, but Eugene Isai. I know his last name is pronounced Isai. Okay. Y-S-A-Y-E. Um, but anyway, uh, Isai uh, was born, uh, I think, in the late 1800s. A little, little early, actually. Um, and then, But this piece we're going to feature today was actually written as a set of six violin sonatas so a sonata if you don't know it's a piece for violin and piano oh we haven't done any sonatas yet have we not really not much so this will be um, yeah yeah so, so a sonata is really it's for a not is meant for piano and some solo instrument um, it's always accompanied by that. Usually, it's in that two duo realm. Rarely, it, you know, there are trio sonatas, and that's also part of the form. But it, it, it does the grip. But usually, sonatas are meant to be just for a solo instrument and accompanied by a piano. If you know Bach,
1: you, you've almost certainly heard the, his violin sonatas. They're they're famous, and you, you whether you know it or not, you probably heard one or many
0: before. Yeah, and uh, I mean, if you want to go really cheesy, it's even though it's not meant for two instruments, the Moonlight Sonata is the most known but a sonata is a style style of piece as well it's very chamber very more a little more intimate style than uh a concerto concerto is much more flashy um and when there's two instruments playing um uh you know a sonata is uh they usually equal parts however in this set of pieces um, Isai, these are unaccompanied sonatas. These are basically the violin's taking the role of both parts. The violin is, is the solo instrument. So just like Boccello suites back in, in the 1700s, mm-hmm. um, he had those. This is now the same idea almost 200 years later um, with, with the unaccompanied violin sonatas that he wrote, finished in 1923. Um, fun facts. Now, what was really cool, I actually really like this. <laughs> Um, He actually dedicated each one of these. So there's six sonatas. Each one's dedicated to a uh, a composer or someone who's in the music realm who was a technician at what they did. So whether it was uh, someone who was changed the way of how he played their instruments, or uh, wrote method books that really developed the way we can play faster or in different styles. All uh, right. Um, so uh, this fourth one, this Sonata Number Four in E minor, was dedicated to Fritz Kreisler. Who, if for if you are a violin player, especially, yeah. you you've played his his exercises and etudes. Um, if you are a string player, you should know who he is. If you don't, well, now you know. Fun
1: fun, also fun fact just you, you if we haven't used the word before you'll hear us use the word etude or you see the word etude quite a bit in uh in, in classical language it just means study uh the french word etudier means to study and uh so you'll hear an etude is, is usually there'll be many etudes grouped together um and although you see a lot of the performance out of classical uh, with each instrument, there is someone who has written a, a load of different exercises that work on all different sorts of the the technique behind playing the instrument. It's not just studying a single piece each time. It's it's a it's a
0: whole. Uh, it's there's a whole world behind uh, each instrument in the orchestra. And and so what's so just a couple little facts before we play this clip for you. So, um, this is twentieth century music, we, and we featured this two weeks ago at this point. Um, this is really, this violin sonata in, in A minor features, you know, whole tone scales, which is really not what the, our quote unquote Western music ear, us as Americans, um, are used to with S style wise. Um, it's a little more, it makes us cringe a little bit more, um, dissonances, they're like notes that clash against each other. Um, and then something that's not really done a lot in Western music, especially in America and even mainland Europe is quarter tones. So like notes that are between notes. So, like, there's a D next to an E flat that's known as a half-step. Well, there's a quarter tone that's in between that. And sometimes composers, especially, uh, it's done a lot in Middle Eastern music. Mm-hmm. It's actually a major, major part of Middle Eastern music. Um, but this is, it's toyed upon in, 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 these, uh, in these sonatas. Um, but we're going to listen to the last movement of his fourth sonata, which is the finale, the presto troppo, which means really quick, but not too much motion. But when we come back, we are going to feature whiskey that actually has been aged in Allagash Brewing Company barrels, uh, which is a Belton-style beer, um, and also talk about their flagship ale, the Allagash White. But in the meantime, enjoy the last movement of East size Violin Sonata number 4 in E minor. So there was this point, like about a minute in, piece, and Matt and I looking at each other, we're like, "We know, we yeah, so familiar. we like, know this." Yeah. So we're like, "This sounds so familiar." We both stop at the same time. We're like, what is? And and it's it sounds like um, uh, Prelude in the Allegro, Prelude, uh, which is it's just like when you're listening to some rock solo, which is Fred Chrysler, which we yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, P- which uh, P- is P- we, which hence wow, why he dedicated to him. There it is. He dedicated this piece to Fritz Chrysler in the first. You base. guys
1: can't see it, but a light bulb literally just went up above. And then I feel like
0: a dum dum. Well, well, anyway, it's uh, it,
1: it, we'll do Prelude and Allegro at another yeah, point so because it's a piece we that makes in. so much
0: more sense. It was an homage to Fritz Chrysler. He's gonna he's gonna use a, a segment of his piece Prelude and Allegro in his violence and uh.
1: It's. Just like modern day analogy, it's uh, some guy playing a rock concert uh, guitar solo and riffing on a classic rock piece that, that everyone knows. Just like a hint of it in the solo. Same thing going on here. Um, only way more
0: But man, Isai's work is so cool. It's he actually really enjoy If you have a chance, just just to listen through his, his solo uh, violin sonatas and all his work is really, uh, it's a little, it's thick. Um, as far as texture but it's really well written and, and really enjoyable to listen to both um, faster tempos and slower tempos
1: I, I had not heard that piece before and I would I, I'm digging it I would definitely go back and, and listen oh. to more of his stuff he's proper but uh,
0: speaking of legendary things so let's talk about this this is this is do you want to give a little backstory? So Yeah, how do okay. we Because this is not... So this is something you can't get. and which is This is basically our way of saying we're rubbing it in and we're better than all of you. Thank in you. In the most positive, loving, caring way possible.
1: I think the correct phrase is nanny-nanny-foo-foo foo, or something. I like think it's yeah. one of those lovings.
0: Um, I had the, the the pleasure of playing a birthday party for one of the brewers of Allagash Brewing Company. And as my thank you gift, I got this growler full of what I thought was beer... And that then, have been the, aged in whiskey barrels. I, I was wrong. I thought it was, uh, yeah, beer aged in whiskey barrels from Allegash Brewing. But, but it's vice versa. It is whiskey <laughs> aged in Allegash barrels. Um, and so not, and actually, not only it. just Allegash Curio, which is a cherry, uh, one of their heavier beers. It's beautiful. Um, so this is uh, potent, uh, it is delicious, it is strong. Yeah, we are well on our way to being gazeboed. This yeah, is great. and utterly pajamaed. Mm. Um, but it is awesome. But even though you can't get this, we do want to talk about uh, how incredible a brewery uh, Allagash Brewing Company right here in Portland, Maine is. Yeah. Um, and, and what, you know, they are the second biggest brewery to come out of out of Maine yeah. at a national distribution level. Um, what, what were you doing in 1995? Uh, let see, I was nine. So I was obsessed with Power Rangers. Um, Who wasn't? Right? Ryan Horn wouldn't let me play with his Megazord action figure. What a day. Um, because uh, he, cause he was that way. Um, let's see. Ryan, if you listen to this. Yeah, I haven't talked to Ryan since fifth grade, so okay. I, probably not. Probably because of that Megazord. Probably because of Megazord. Um, in 95. So let's see. <laughs> we
1: were three years into Bill Clinton. I was in. Um, I was in the sixth grade. Uh, mom made me wear those vertically striped purple and white trousers and the horizontally striped purple and grey top on the first day of school. So you're nice little RP's Jason up. Nags told me weeks later, he's like, Man, when I first met you I thought you were a dork, but you're actually pretty cool. Um, which is Just a making la- you feel better, that's all he's doing. Where I was. Jason, if if you are listening to this, uh, hope you're well. Um Jason was actually great. He runs a farm, his family farm, back home in Gilderland. They're still doing there great stuff go. there.
0: But speaking of 1995... 90, Rob Todd sideway.
1: was Rob Todd was uh, starting... He it was a local Mainer who had been working in a brewery setting before, but he started a one-man operation in a warehouse in Portland, Maine. Um, and at the time, thinking back to 95, craft beer wasn't really... No, even not. a thing in the U.S. it wasn't a term you know the closest thing we had was Sierra Nevada or like Anchor Steam um, and there was there was German beers there were British beers but he didn't see any Belgians really kicking about and he yeah. had done a lot of traveling he'd seen the flavors so Allagash has always been focused around a very creative uh, Belgian styles of beer which uh, if you know Germany we talked about this a bit with Dan as well that, you know Germans are very regulated on on how they produce beer and what can go into it, mm-hmm. uh, the, I don't think those regulations exist in Belgium. So you get, uh, like you were just saying, uh, cherry flavoring and other, yeah, other uh, other flavors that you don't get out of the very traditional but very good German beer. Um, so now in two thousand sixteen, uh, Allegash is massive. They distribute in uh, seventeen states and DC. Uh, they are people travel far and wide to to see these guys, and
0: and usually it's actually been really cool. You see it and fairly higher end restaurants it's not yeah. just on your average draft list it's it's it when it's out of state um it's very oh uh, yeah it's it's, at, it's, it's your, good stuff uh, higher higher end restaurants um and usually it is their allagash white which is their flagship ale that's um, the, yeah that's the big and, and that is us uh, it's, it's a Witbier style um it's it's at a 5.1 percent um it's available year-round um but it has uh it's notes of um. Uh, with coriander and curacao uh, orange peel, um, it's, it's a little fruitier in taste, a little sweeter in taste. And most Belgians are a little sweeter in taste, much weedier, hence you know the type of beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, you, you definitely have that, that, that kind of texture to it, um, that body to it, um, but it is generally on the sweeter side. And so that's why you start to see a lot more with the cherries. Um, and and, and some sort of the more fruits that are that are used in the brewing of it.
1: Yeah, and and what's great about Allagash is that they have their their lot. They have tons of beer that they offer, tons of different styles. So there's no matter what you're into, there's something for everybody True. at this place. Yeah. Um, and that what they're what they're doing now as well is, and they have been doing for a while, is barrel aged beer, yep. beers, specialty um, beers, and then if, and of course this amazing
0: uh, growler of of whiskey whiskey i oh. never had to use those words in the same sentence a like growler of whiskey um but one thing that's actually really good so I, I recently went to the brewery and I've not been in it in several years mm. before they did a giant renovation so not only is the new tasting room at uh it's right on industrial way in Portland from downtown Portland it is a 10 minute drive it's yeah. where Bissell Brothers used to be you also have Austin Street Brewery and you also have foundation literally right next door so you can do a three brewery stop with food trucks out front have a designated driver um but what's cool is that tasting, their flights are free. Um, do- I did not the do- know They do a flight that. tasting. It's free. Um, you get uh, you get a flight of five. Um, you get a token. Uh, their materials are fantastic. Um, their merchandise is wonderful. Uh, they have growlers you can take home with you. They have a mixture of their flagships that they offer year-round between the white, the black, um, and, and then they also have the curio, the triple, and they have a rotating tap as well throughout the year.
1: And they're all uh, good. I don't think there's been a single one that...
0: Personally, I that I don't like. Yeah, it's Allegash is a stellar, stellar brewery. Hence, why the success of what they've done over the past, you know, 21 years. Yeah, um, it's really incredible work. So please check out Allegash Brewing Company and support them uh, because not only on, on a local level have they done a lot for the beer industry and kind of set the bar. They actually really, yeah. along with Shepherd, they really set the bar. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, Diversity and quality, and, and um, for and all the, the breweries that come in. And, you know, we're obviously getting short on time, but it, it's worth it. Their website is, A, amazing, and B, really interesting in the sense of their sustainability as well. They don't just produce great beer, but they um, have a whole section of their website donated towards their sustainability. Uh, everything from solar power to um, low, uh, low carbon footprint. Um, check out how they have eliminated 9975 of their landfill waste last year between a variety of um, given to farmers uh, reusing uh, materials and, and working with the local community it, is, it really is both well laid out and, and really well described these guys are, are worth in every way supporting uh, and one day, one day, we will do an episode with them
0: Yes, we will. Uh, but in the meantime, please go get some Allagash for yourself. Enjoy. Um, find some more East Side to listen to. In the meantime, we have two more episodes left before we feature our little break after Christmas. But we have a great New Year's episode lined up. Oh yeah. Um, which last year New Year's was was with Rare Form in Troy, New York. This New Year's we will leave it as a surprise for you. Um, but in the meantime, please follow us on social media at Bach, the Bach and then also on our website bachtobach com, and you can like us. Not like us. What's it called? Listen to us. That's the word. On... That's generally how podcasts yeah, work. That's yeah. How, yeah, you listen to YouTube with your ears uh, on iTunes and SoundCloud.
1: And subscribe. That's the big thing, guys. We keep saying it, but uh, we're, iTunes judges the world on how many people subscribe.
0: So subscribe to us and uh, and help uh, make both beer and classical music a thing again. Yes, it is. And it should be much more involved with in everybody's lives. So in the meantime, this has been another episode of Bok to Bok. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you.